a Telltale Pod production. Spirit Bird by Jasbinda Belan Chapter 39 The rickshaw swings around a corner and bumps over the dirt road that leads to Mormonali. I can't take you right into the village. The road's too bad, shouts the driver over the noise of the engine. You'll have to walk the last bit. We're almost there, I say to Jeevan. I glance up at the sky. The sun's nearly setting. We might just arrive on time. The frown between Jeevan's eyebrows has returned and is biting the inside of his mouth. Don't worry, Jeevan. It's going to be okay. Just thinking what Mama's going to say. Or do. She might wallop me. She might, but she'll hug you after. I'm thinking the same about my ma. Papa pays the driver and we get out of the taxi. And suddenly, there it is. Butterflies loop through my stomach as my beautiful mountain appears before me, lit up by the blush of the setting sun. Jeevan looks serious. Don't worry about your parents. I say, moving closer to him. Papa will explain. We were away such a long time. They're going to be so happy you're back. They'll forget all about that as soon as they see you. I twist the band that Jeevan gave me for my birthday. And anyway, it's Diwali. No one will be angry today. We carry on towards the mountain, passing a large handmade sign written in English and Punjabi. Elephant rides. Hathi Chute. A loud trumpeting echoes through the waving bamboo ahead of us, and we catch up with a mahout, leading his elephant into the village. He twists around in amazement. Paras! He asks, blinking against the dusky light. Enakshi said she had seen your telegram. Good to see you back. Namaste, replies Papa. Is that Asher with you and Jeevan? Everyone in the village has been talking about their journey. Yes, says Papa proudly. They came to find me. Just think... These two special children went so far by themselves. We walk side by side along the dry path towards home. Jeevan's ma showed everyone the postcards they sent, the mahout says, pulling the elephant's rope a little tighter. So they've really brought you back. He smiles and looks at Jeevan and me. How about a ride on my best elephant? Mona's all ready for the Diwali celebrations. That's really kind, I say, but we're in a real hurry and running will be quicker. 
Papa looks towards the setting sun and laughs. I think we have time, and if the offer's still open, I think these two deserve a hero's homecoming. I look longingly towards Mona, draped in a shimmering gold blanket, with painted red and white dots around her eyes like a bride. She towers above me, a wide wooden seat big enough to carry us all on her back. Can we, Papa? If you're sure, he asks them a hoot. Of course, he says. You can all climb on. It'll be like a proper Diwali celebration. A homecoming on an elephant. Just like Rama and Sita, I say to Jivan, tugging his sleeve. Yes, he replies shyly. We'll be just like Rama and Sita. The mahout calls to her softly. Down, Mona. And she crouches low, bending her knees so we can climb up. Papa climbs on first, lifting his foot into the stirrup against the grey, crinkled skin of the elephant. Pulling on the neatly woven reins, he settles himself firmly on the seat, holds out his hand to Jivan, and I watch proudly as he swings him up. Hey, Asha! calls Jivan, excitement dancing in his eyes. I can see everything from here! I'm so eager to get on, I stretch towards Jivan and slip my hand into his. He hauls me up. Have I got lighter? Or has he got stronger? The gold thread of the elephant's blanket sparkles against the setting sun. I rearrange the silk folds of my Lenga skirt so it doesn't crease feeling every bit like a warrior queen returning to her kingdom. With a great heave, the elephant stands up, and I feel her strength under me as the mahout walks in front, leading us on the final part of our long adventure. I bet you never thought you'd ride home on an elephant, says Jivan. His voice squeaks and ends in a funny deep way I've never heard before. He looks older than when we started the journey and somehow different. There's a faint shadow of a moustache on his lip that I've only just noticed. It makes me want to run my finger along it to check that it isn't my imagination. I want to giggle, but I'm not sure why. We climb a little hill and as we dip down the other side, I see our village at last. My chinny flutters behind me like the wings of a lamagaya, and it's then that I spot my nanaji circling above us. I give her a gigantic wave. My pendant rogs, and she swoops down, following behind us as we get closer to the village, calling to us. Papa, look! Asha, it's your nanaji. She's guiding us home, says Jivan. I squeeze his hand as she flies over, brushing our heads with the tips of her velvety wings. I gaze up, watching her soar into the dark pink sky with a powerful whoosh of air. Thank you, Nanaji. As we carry on into the village, I look down at the houses I haven't seen for so long, bundled together, keeping each other company. High up on the grazing plains, small shadowy dots move slowly across the mountain. Our cows! 
People in the field stop what they're doing and lift their heads in our direction. The air rings with the sounds of our names. It's nine months since Papa's seen this view. The sky is deep red, turning darker purple, as a small flock of rose finches flit against the sky, making shapes that look like moving hearts. The clouds shift in the breeze, puffing into different shapes. I see Lord Shiva, the warrior goddess Durga riding the tiger, the temple in the mountains, and the holy Ganges flowing from the rock, lighting up the whole sky like a story. Both Papa and Jivan stare into the sky as well, but maybe I'm the only one who can see the images. It doesn't matter. I've learnt to trust myself. Mona lifts her trunk and blows a heralding trumpet. As she quietens and continues walking, another sound drifts towards us. Raised, angry voices. Faint at first, but becoming louder. Then I see Mina's red car parked outside our gates, and I grip the reins tighter. I spot Mara in the middle of the gang, but Rohan and Rupa aren't there. Why? Can't I see them? Papa, Mina's here already with her thugs, I yell. We have to hurry. Can you stop the elephant, please? I ask the mahout. I'm frantic now. Stop, says Papa. Quickly. A crowd of villagers surround the elephant, shouting and pointing back towards our house. Oi! I shout at the top of my voice. We're back! And my papa's here! Mina stares at us. Her thugs just stand there, mouths wide open as if they've seen a ghost. The elephant stops and kneels down, and I slide off, rushing towards the crowd, followed closely by papa and Jivan. I see now that Rohan and Rupa are safe, standing with Jivan's parents. Mina steps towards us in her pristine western clothes and dark glasses sneering at us. Her men close in to protect her, raising their heavy wooden batons. Mal struggles away from them, her face ashen, and then runs to Papa, who pulls her to him. Stop, he says as the men spring forward. There's no need for you or your men to come any further. He delves into his pocket and brings out the compensation money and his wages, and waves it in the air. Mina looks shocked and disgusted at the same time. Are you sure you have it all? She says, nodding at the men to take the money. Wait, says Papa, and demands to see the full details of the loan first. He reads it carefully before counting out the notes slowly. That covers the interest too. I'll come to Sonoha tomorrow to get the tractor back. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Mina shrugs and flicks imaginary dirt off her sleeve. I gave your family money when they needed it. But it was never a present. Get out of our village, continues Papa, his anger flaring. Mina gestures to the men who rush to open the car door for her. She slips inside and the darkened windows slide up soundlessly. They leave the village. 
the car throwing up a trail of dust and stones. That was another Tell-A-Tale Pod production. Remember that you can follow, share and find more of our podcasts at tellatalepod.podbean.com